You're having a threesome with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers. And now, it's complicated. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen. And I am Rob. So you know how you ask your friends where you should take your first date? What on earth this text means? And if it's okay to post a certain pic on the socials? Well, that's what we call your village, and we think you can't date or relate without them. Welcome to our village, and you should be pumped to be here because we are bringing you expert guests who are filled with all the answers that will take some of the guessing out of the game. Make sure you subscribe and share our podcast with your friends so we can help the village grow even bigger. You can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your pods, and don't forget to tell a friend. Hello, Village, and welcome back to It's Complicated. And guys, I know we told you about this last week, but we are so, so excited that it's not just Jen and I this week. And I know you guys are real excited to have her back to keep Jen and I in line. (laughs) But we are welcoming back our other co-host, the three of the three amigos, Lauren Leonelli. And we are so, so excited to find out what's been going on with her with uh, the babies, you have two babies under two right now, which is unfathomable about how you run your life. I'm was running late today to get to the podcast and I only have me as a baby. That's it. That <laughs> yeah. No other person. And I was like, I can't fit all this time in my day to even get home, eat, feed myself and then yeah. get like record all my TLC shows before we even started this. So Lauren, <laughs> welcome back. How have you been? I am so excited to be back. I've been tired, which is like, (laughs) it's just is what it is, guys. But you know, what's funny is now I've gotten to the point where uh, my baby Hunter is sleep trained. So we like did the whole, you cried out method, sleep through the night. And I like it. I'm just starting to come out of it. It's been like two weeks, but it like, you know, I would be tired when I would wake up in the morning. Instead of being woken up every two hours in the night, I would like get like a five hour stretch or something. So, so, so Hunter's how old now? He's five, like five and a half months. Five and a half months. Okay. And Austin is how old now? He is two, a little over two. So you just had a birthday. Just had a birthday, just over two. So w- explain to somebody like me who just, um, I hang out with my goddaughter Hartford all the time. I hang out with everybody's babies, but then I give them back. So like explain to me, maybe Jen already knows because Jen already knows everything that I don't. Um, but um, <laughs> You heard it here first. Yeah, no. I'm glad we're me, finally in agreement on that. <laughs> they've heard it plenty, I'm sure. It's just the first time out of my mouth. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but explain to me what sleep training entails and what it is. Okay, so sleep training is an umbrella term to like teach a baby how to self-soothe. But there are different methods into which you can implement the sleep training. And the hardest, quickest, most fierce, if you will, one is the cry it out method. It's like you oh. put them in their crib. You do not go in. You put them in at like six thirty, seven at night, and you don't go back in until six in the morning. Oof! And then you just have to deal with the the crying. Oh yeah, like the first couple nights, it's not like you're sleeping. And a mother, it affects a mother. Everybody out there needs to know this. It's pretty much a fact. Like it affects a mother on like a cellular level, whereas the dad like probably doesn't want to hear his kid crying. But like James was like sleeping through it. Yeah. Like oh, is he still crying? It's been like an hour. And meanwhile, I'm like literally 
every cell in my body is like exploding because I'm right, so you're like you're like mama bear. I have to save my child. I have to save like like logically in your mind. You're like he's okay. Like right. he's eaten. He, I'm, I can see his face on the monitor. Like nothing's wrong. But I you can't shake this. Like it's just. I mean, I, I was crying. I would I would just cry because I would have been I would have been like annoyed i would have been like why did like why is it keeping me up i need yeah, to go yeah. to sleep I mean, right. already five months into being kept up anyway which is basically why you sleep train so and then you can do another method called the ferber method where you like go in every 20 minutes and say like Shh, they're there and then you walk out so they that's don't more feel, for like, you too probably they, like yeah they don't feel abandoned and then there's like another one that goes down on the like less severe ways and they each take longer this cried out method supposed to take like three days maybe a week so. so I have this theory that I was saying to uh, Stasi when she was pregnant or when she just had Hartford. And I was like, I was like, you know, when I was, I dated a girl who had a kid who was three. Right. Yes, and I like, she, yes. And she was like able to get up with the, with the kid at like five, five thirty, six o'clock in the morning, have breakfast, all this other stuff, and then have a day and then like be tired around eight o'clock at night. And I was like getting up at the same time because the kid was coming into the room and I was just a mess the whole time. And what I realized is that, you know, not only as a parent, are you helping the baby like along as far as its first couple months of life goes, but the baby's training you to take care of it for the rest of its life. Like it's a cyclical thing too. Like when you're pregnant, the last like month of pregnancy, you have a hard time sleeping. And some would say, it's because your body is getting you ready for not sleeping. It's also because you're uncomfortable, but it's also part of this process that like, you guys don't even know the shit. Like that everyone, like I have just read so many things that I just had no, are mind blowing about like childbirth and mother and child connection. And like, it's like, they say, okay, when you have the baby, you're supposed to put the baby directly on your skin right after you have the baby. It's called like skin to skin. Mm -hmm. Because do you know what that does? It like, Regulate makes the baby it, stick to your skin and then you have to peel it off and then no, like its it ear is weird on one side. It, yeah. It regulates the baby's heartbeat. It regulates the baby's temperature. It regulates the baby's blood sugar Whoa. touching your skin. It Whoa. actually scientifically changes those things in the baby. That's just like one thing. I mean, it's just fucking crazy. You guys, it's such a crazy experience. It is hard and great all at the same time. But I will say, as much as I love it, like I'm being realistic, like now that this kid is on more of a schedule, the sleep training is like, I highly recommend it to anyone who is listening. Do how do it however you want. I did cry it out because I can't listen to the baby cry that much, which sounds counter into like not, it sounds opposite from what needs to like it, the baby's crying, but it happens a shorter amount of time. If you do cry it out, it's like rip the bandaid off. Anyway. Now that the baby is on like a schedule, I can like be me again. I can like rejoin this podcast. I can fit in a workout. I can like plan things. So it, you know, it only took five months, but hey, you can't sleep train a baby until they're like five months old anyway. So whatever. So now that you're back and I would assume that you weren't back before because it's the opposite, but (laughs) what do you do with like romance? You pop this baby out and then like, are you both just nurses to this baby or do you guys have a relationship during this? How does that work as a co-parent? I'm going to be really honest because that's what we're here for. It's hard. Mm -hmm. Like James and I have a great relationship. Like 
there's disagreements that happen because it's like normal, but I like there was a point in time where we couldn't even say like two sentences to each other without getting pissed off. Like wow. somebody's getting annoyed at the other person. Is that from exhaustion or I, like honestly, wanting to parent differently or what? Is I, yes, I'm sure there's, yeah, parenting differently. Like I'm a little more neurotic and like well, a lot more neurotic and like paranoid than he is. And he's very relaxed. So like his suggestion versus my suggestion, like I don't feel listened to when he feels like I'm trying to tell him what to do, which mm-hmm. I totally hear. Mm-hmm. I get all of the perspectives, but I think a large portion of it is exhaustion, like legit. Yeah. I seriously was sleeping fucking three hours a night total for like five months of my life. But when you had, when you had Austin and Austin was, because you you know, the only, so Austin was a year and a half when you had Hunter, right? So it's like, were you guys having the same problems with Austin or is it when this extra baby came in that it was was like, yeah, it was another, (laughs) it was another added layer. I don't remember having I don't remember it being like as like uh like tired. A fights remember I don't remember the fights happening as often gotcha. with Austin. Yeah. Like it felt like it just like we couldn't come up for air. Like and like just like he would say something, I would get mad, then like a day would pass and it would like happen all over again. Yeah. And like I and I'm saying it now because I, I swear to you, like we're now both sleeping and like it's fucking fine. So mm. I really do think it was exhaustion plus all the other shit like that happens just in regular life. Like, yeah. You don't have time to communicate. Like no, there's no communication. Like, no. And you're just on edge cause you're fucking exhausted and you're just like desperate for it's hard. So I just think that was the main thing. I don't really think there was like some fundamental thing that was wrong with our relationship. I think that was like the main thing. Plus the other things you had pointed out, like different parenting styles, different personality styles, things that make you disagree in a normal day. But Plus also you have two kids. So, and, and they're on different kids. schedules. And like, totally. it yep. seems like you guys so also other- had your hands full because of the different schedules yeah. and lack of sleep, if I had to. And I'm not speaking for James at all, but I can imagine that, you know, you, you, that you're you're not as close intimately or any of that because you probably don't feel like you have time to look pretty or feel pretty or uh-huh. any of that other stuff. So, um, And he's probably taking it personally because he's like, I just want my wife. You know what 100%. I mean? Like, Yeah. You're absolutely right. And I like that you pointed out that like you don't look and feel as pretty because that's totally it. Like, No, I'm not I, saying that because of anything except for I can imagine if like no, you're running around all day. I know what you meant. Like yeah. I'm in sweats all day long. I literally am like, I don't know, I would say probably close to 40 pounds heavier than I normally am. Like I don't feel like ripping my clothes off and doing sex. Like right. I just I don't feel cute. Plus I've got a baby hanging on me all day long. I'm breastfeeding. I'm just being real. Like parts of your body don't feel sexual at the current moment. Cause you're like, uh, it's just like they change. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just, it, yes, that is 100% part of it too. Like we joke around, like my friend Jenna from the Bay area just came and visited and she's known me all my life. And she jokes, she's like, remember when you used to be obsessed with James? And he's like, yeah, remember when you used to like me? Yeah. I'm like, and I feel, yes, you're right. Like I, I could be a little bit better at that, but I'm just like, no, no, no. It's not about you being better. It's more no. like, I'm just saying from a, a guy's point of view, cause I've watched guys, you're I've right, had friends, though. I've had guy friends that are like, like I'm not even exaggerating, but in the first like six months, maybe not six months, maybe like three or four months, be like, fuck that baby. 
because they don't like they're taking my wife away from me. Like I'm not getting any attention. I'm not getting any like loving that I used to because mm-hmm. as guys, we don't go through the body changes. We just go through what we're losing opposed to what we're gaining. Yeah. And there's no skin to skin. There's no all that shit that guys and the babies really go through. Those babies are so attached to the mom right away yeah. that it takes a couple months for the babies to even acknowledge that the dads are really around oh, like totally. on, a, on a, like a living level. So all we know is the person we've been living and having sex with for up until this child came along. Yep. And now you're not paying attention to us anymore. And I'm sure that they get, they, because I'm saying they, because I don't want, like I said, I don't want to put words in James' mouth. I don't talk to him about no. it, yeah. but I can imagine that he would have a little bit of like, well, what the fuck about me? Uh, totally. And he, and I think like logically he knows that's not it, but yes, he physically and somewhere in there does feel like that. I'm sure. And jokes, he jokes around about it. I mean, it's never gotten to the point where he's like, okay, seriously, I need to talk to you about this. Like he kind of gets it, but yes, of course there's an effect and I am aware of it too, but it's also like, I mean, yeah. you And, and both of us too, at some point, like it's time to go to bed. Like we sit down to watch a TV show at nine o'clock and we're like within 20 minutes, we're like both asleep. Like yeah. we're also is that too. I mean, I know it sounds like such a cliche thing to say, but it's like, yeah, it's just hard. It's hard. But you know what? Like back, like your body starts balancing itself out like hormonally and just in general after about the fourth month. And then you kind of like your baby's getting into a rhythm. And then if you choose to sleep train the baby, they're getting onto a pattern. So around that, like four or fifth month, like you get to your life back a little and like, it's starting to be well, that's what they say too about having the second child. That's why the second child is like, the first child is like, you're so on it and you're like washing its hands and you're making yeah. sure it doesn't put anything in its mouth and you're doing all this. Stuff. So when the second child comes, you're like, fuck it, eat dirt. I know you're not going to die yeah. and I'm tired. I, I'm not going to chase you around and make sure you don't put a fucking piece of dirt in your mouth. right? Yeah, now. exactly. I'm like, and then it kind of like trickles down to Austin too, because I'm like, yeah, just to put the thing in your mouth. Like, whatever. <laughs> so yeah, like it's, it's been a wild ride. It was, you know, I'm not a spring chicken here. So like having two under two real quick is, you know, been, it's been great and hard all at the same time, but like, I'm done. I'm back. I can't wait to get my life and my body back. And I'm like pumped to be back on the show. And like, like I said, you guys, I was social media stalking you guys, listening to the show. Like, I literally felt like I had a crush on you. You know, when you like have a crush on somebody, <laughs> and you social media stalk them. Well, we're like, very famous. So, well, like the and and even more recently, like the trip to Miami that Jen did, and Rob's trip to Italy. I was just like watching and commenting on every single slide that was posted. Which is actually very freeing because you can't do that when you have a crush. You have to act like you just don't care or you can't watch it. (laughs) We prefer when people tell us if they have a crush on us versus being at it. So, exactly. So, you know, I. I'm trying to also keep like up to date on all the like relationship topics, like new terms. And I'm, Mm. you know, I feel like I've been a little out of the loop in this baby bubble. And like, I've been like running on no sleep and living in sweats. So I'm trying to like emerge back into the world and like listening and paying attention and like kind of feeling like, you know what, this is like kind of a dating lesson here, like listening and paying attention and things like that. It's like helpful in any relationship at any stage, right? Like those things are good skills to always like make sure you're, you've got them honed in because they're going to come into like play at some point. And like, you got to keep a connection with somebody and like, that's kind of the way to do it. Right. Like just stay in the loop. 
and be connected. And, you know, things can't just be one sided either, even if you're really good at those things, like, you're really good at dating, for example, like, maybe could that be too much of a bad thing? Like, too, you know, like, if you're really good at something, can it end up being kind of bad? I know that's saturated. You're saturated. That's kind of what that's what Jen and I were talking about. Look at the eye roll, Lauren. Oh, I'm so glad you're back. You can see these things. Yes, you guys. But that's what we were talking about last episode was that, you know, I don't, I'm starting to maybe get back into the dating world a little bit. And Jen, you know, to your credit, and I will give you credit where it's due, the stuff you were telling me about, you know, getting back out there and I don't have to just date one person and then like be fixated on that person and be like, I went on a date with you and I like you. So now you and I have to keep going down this road together. I can't go on any other roads at this time. My therapist said the same thing. She was like, what if you go ahead, go ahead. You can take it. I'm just going to silently make faces and appreciate the words coming out of your mouth via your therapist and me carry on. I was going to say she likes being compared directly to the therapist. Yes, I know. Look at the smile on her face right now. (laughs) It's a grin, but she said, she's like, why don't you just, you know, maybe you put too much pressure on or too much on these dates. That's why you're not going out on them because like every day could be a possible wife and you can, you can ease up on that a little bit and start going out with people. I went out on a coffee date today. What? Yeah. Stop what? it right now with the girl that you mentioned you met through the people in Rome. No, somebody else. Oh, somebody okay, else. Hold on, Rob. Yeah. I need to, first of all, say that when I was single for like a huge chunk of time. And then right before I met James, I was like dating and like, I was never really good at dating more than one person because of what you just said. Like, I just felt like I wanted to be in a relationship. So if I like somebody, my focus was them. And I didn't Mm -hmm. feel like I needed to force myself to date around. I just wanted to like be with that person. I'm just not good at it. But once and, and that, but once I sort of like my perspective changed and I started actually not faking it, like making myself fake it, but I actually enjoyed being single. And I actually said it out loud to my mom randomly, like, I actually am having fun being single. I wanted a relationship, but I just was having fun being single. That's when I met James. I, I know, but I do that. But I, I like being single by myself. <laughs> it's yeah, like, you like, it's like Jen. He likes being solo, not single. Yeah. Well, I like being, I, I want a relationship, but I like being single. And then uh, if it comes to me, it'll come to me and I'll be, and I'll be accepting of it, you know? Okay. But get I'm to not, the point though. Did you like this girl? Yes. Yes. I've, I've known her. Like we've met before. We've like not hung out, but like we've chatted and we, we have okay, mutual so friends and all that other stuff. And she asked me out. She's like, let's go get coffee. And I was like, great. Good. And, uh, we went, you like we, that when a girl said like, when she was like, let's go get, like, she made the next step to the next level. Like it wasn't just like hanging out with friends. She was like making, putting the offer on the table and you liked that. Yeah. I mean, okay. it depends if I like them, you know, okay, or if I'm right. interested in them. Right. So every girl listening, you need to fucking get that out of your head. Like if they don't like you, it's not going to matter if you ask them out or don't ask them out, they don't like you. So if they do, or there's some sort of interest and you feel like inspired to just say, Hey, let's go do this thing, then fucking do it. It's not going to make them not like you. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Sorry. We just need to get that out there. No, it's true. And, but I mean, to, to the point of like, you know, being the old school chivalrous person that I have always been like after she asked me out, I was like, well, should I be picking the spot? Should I be doing the time? Should I be like, should I be doing all this stuff? And then I was like, I don't know where to go in this area for coffee. Like I know coffee bean, I made a joke. I'm like, 
I only know coffee bean in Starbucks. So if you know anything that's more gourmet, like let me know. And then she was like, yeah, I know this other spot that's really cool. And, I, and in the area, I'm like, great. I'm like, what time works for you? Because she's really busy. And she told me, and I was like, great. I was agreeable, but I wasn't making the plan. Right. You know but you, I mean? can, you have, there are ways for you to do that. You can, if you choose to open the door for her, you can be pay. Pull out her chair. I paid, I pay. paid, but then I told her about a joke I heard from, I think it was Whitney Cummings. who was like, I love guys that take you on coffee dates because you're like, like, no, I have your $3 latte. I got it's this. on me. Yeah. I got She's this. doing it. You can keep the, you can roll out the red carpet as you continue to spend time with her. But yeah, she so- thanked me for it. And I told her the joke from Whitney Cummings. Yeah. And I was Wait, like, but so to back it up. So you do like this person. You had a good date. There was a vibe. I don't know if it was a good date. See, here's the thing. Like I went to this coffee with this person that I know who her and I flirt. Right. But I don't know if I would call it a date necessarily. Because I don't, there was never any in in like indication that it was. What you did know you what talk I mean? about? Hold on, everything. Yes, Rob. First of all, yeah, there's a couple things happening right now. Okay, this is not something you and her would normally do. So this is a date. I don't okay. care that it doesn't fit into the parameters of like we went to a fancy restaurant and drank wine and got a little drunk and kissed. Like, okay, that yeah. is not. I just feel like if you're taking some sort of step to change the dynamic of or the texture in which you normally hang out which right there's never been a hangout with just me and her by herself yes it's a date and also jen mentioned really quick was it a good date i just need to say what makes a good date is different than what makes a good dater and just to circle back to kind of what we were saying like if you're a good dater, could mm-hmm. that make you bad at dating? And we're going to get back to this date in particular. But like, if you are funny, entertaining, you keep the convo flowing at all times, you like to share info about yourself, you're flirting, yes. but you're also keeping it light. I listen. I make sure I listen. Yeah. Then yes, if you can say yes to all those things, yes. then you are good at dating. But have you ever been good at dating and then left a date and been like, that was so fucking boring? No, like I have uh, many. No, like many. you're still being you, Rob. You're being entertaining. You're being fun. You're being you're com- making the combo flow. All those things. And I haven't left and said it like that was really boring. Uh, the last date date I went on, you know, last year with that model, with that Brazilian model, yeah. I left there and I was just like, "There's no, there's no chemistry. There's no like she's hot as hell, but there's and we had a great time, but there's not. I'm not going to be." putting effort if she doesn't put effort you know what i mean it wasn't like oh i gotta i gotta see this girl again well right this you felt one, a little you felt a little bored and uninspired by her and what we're saying here that this is all about is that like you know you sometimes you can be on that date and be a good dater and then you get this weird text the next day where you're like um okay you you feel on your side inside like all right that was really boring and then the person texts you like hey it was so great to see you last night would love to see you again. What are your plans on Thursday? Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck were we on, on the same? Well, week? let me tell you what happened this time. Let me okay. tell you just what happened. Why I thought it was great. And then at the end, it all came crashing down. Oh, no. Yeah. The plot the, thickens. Carry on. Yeah. So I I went. I So and I'm doing my daily thing. I had a bunch of stuff to do this morning. I was editing the podcast. I had other stuff I was doing. And we were supposed to meet at 2 o'clock. And she's, she has a business where... She's either really, really busy or if she has blocks of time, it's like you can take like, let's go now, that kind of thing, right? So we had two o'clock blocked off and she texts me at like 12 and she's like, 
what are you doing now? Like, are you busy in like an hour? I have free time. I thought I'd be busy until now. And I'm like, yeah, that'd actually be better because then I have the rest of my day to do stuff instead of, you know, two's like a weird time because if it goes two hours and it's four o'clock and you're like, what do yeah, I have? Can I go to the gym? Can yeah. I go to this? Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. So I said, yeah, but like, then I was like, oh fuck, I got a shower. I got to like shave. I got to like clean it. So then I went and I showered and when I shower and I'm in a <laughs> oh. hurry, oh God, like when I put my clothes on, I, I tend to be overly perspirational uh, for a little I, while. I am damp. I'm like that too. Yeah. I just, my body keeps sweating. Because you're you like know? rushing. Right. Right. And so I put on jeans that I just bought new jeans for the first time, uh, uh, like $200 jeans. For oh my God. Please time. tell Ooh. me they fit your what? legs properly. What's the they label? fit my everything properly. Okay. So What's are the they label? skinny and not like kind of like baggy toward the ankles? Yes. Well, my boots still fit over them, but they're skinny. Yeah. Okay. Rob Did somebody advise you? Is that what no. happened? I was with my sister. It was a place called Page. Page. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Page yeah. and yeah. Great Jeans. Okay. They're great. great. And I put them on and they're so soft. And I was like, fuck, I have to buy these. Yes. I hope you so wear them these to your are birthday. worth it because you'll wear them all the time and they're totally worth it. So good yeah, for you. I love them. I love them. So anyway, so I'm like, oh, where are my new jeans? So I put my new jeans on and then I put on like a button down white shirt, short sleeve because okay. I was like, oh, it's probably a little warm out. And then I, you know, didn't I didn't wear the hat, but I brought the hat and then I went and it was pretty hot out today. And we were talking and she showed up and we were like, you know, we I we were just at the table and we talked and everything for a long time and it was great. And at the end, I was like, oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom. You know, I got the bill and then I went to the bathroom and in the bathroom, I looked and I was like pitted out so bad. Oh. That it was like down under my rib cage. <laughs> oh no, laughing with you, I think. I know, no. I was <laughs> oh. like, came, I came back and I was like, I was like, I, I'm so embarrassed. And I was like, I never sweat like this, which I do sometimes. But I was, I was say, like, sounds like this is a pattern. <laughs> well, it, it happens when like, it's not a pattern, but I should probably go get the Botox. But like, yeah. it happens when I'm like running around after a shower, you yeah, know? Cause you're, yeah, because it's hard to get your body temperature to go. I, I and to, First of all, I could sweat in an igloo, so don't get me started about sweating. It's yeah. like my pet peeve about myself. I fucking Acupuncture, yeah. guys, it changes everything. Oh so does God, Botox really? in the in the yeah, pits. Yeah, my neighbor got acupuncture and her hands and feet no longer sweat. So shut up, Jen. Why have you not fucking told me this? You I know only learned I am. of this like three days ago. Well, excuse no. me, you should have told me three days ago. I'm also, so feet and hands are different than armpits. Not I feel really. like. no, they're all tied to the same lymphatic system. Yes, it oh. is. And, and you know, okay. I know, I you know, you I know stuff. Me. So you, you do know off. stuff. I feel you. So, I, but you know what? It's kind of like endearing that you were like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. And you called it out. What did she say? Self-deprecation is like, great. She goes, I didn't know. Okay. Well, that's good to know. But she's like, I go, I never do like this. I go, I sw I'm sweating. I'm so embarrassed. I didn't even realize. She goes, I didn't realize till you just pointed it out because you're wearing a white shirt and you're sitting down. And I'm like, oh. And then I was like, but it's bad. And she just started laughing. And then like we said goodbye. I gave her like an under the arm hug instead of like an over hug. Because <laughs> of your sweat? <laughs> Because of my sweat, I was like, oh. I don't want to drown. And she's tiny, so I was like, I don't want you to drown in there. Oh, so no. then, so then I get in my car and I go home. And I, we, you know, we both live kind of close to where we had coffee. And I get home and I just text her and I was like, I am mortified uh, that oh. I was sweating that much. And I sent her a meme of like somebody sweating like profusely, yeah. you know. And she just laughed, at, you know, you know what I mean. But like, but she that would be cute because does she thinks think that you were nervous? 
to be with her and that's what was making you sweat? I don't know what what happened in her what she was thinking, but like I was like, fuck, everything was going so well. But then I don't I was I put myself in my position. I'd be like, I, I don't know how I would feel if like the girl was just really like wet from sweat. But you that's know what why I mean? the self-deprecation or calling out the awkward thing is important because if you make light of it and you're charming about it, like I'll tell you this on every single date I go on that involves food or like a drink with components in it. I say like, okay, it's your job as my date to tell me if I have things in my teeth because that's one of my biggest fears in life. And then mm-hmm. they know that I'm self-conscious about it. They also have their own self-conscious things. We're calling it out. We're making a joke about it. I've given them a task. They're now responsible for my teeth's well-being. And then we start talking about fears and it's a whole topic in itself. And we've now yeah. moved on and we have a whole line of communication to go down. Wait, right. Rob, yeah. why is it different? Like, is it more acceptable for the guy to be sweating than it is for the girl? No, I'm not saying it's more or less acceptable. I'm just saying, I don't know how I would, like, in my mind, I'm like. What would you, okay, fine, then how would, what, how would it make you feel if. I don't know. I, I don't think it'd make me feel any way, but I would be like. Ew. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's my point. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, so I'm not like. Excessive sweating makes me very nervous because you're judging me already. I'm, I'm more obsessive than you are. When I work on TV shows and they try to dress me in something, I'm like, I wouldn't put me in that. Like, or, <laughs> or, or give me a jacket or give me the fucking sweat pads in there. You know, like that kind of pads? thing. That's a thing. Yeah. They all actors that you can put sweat pads under your pits. Also, I have this story of this girl that I, like I really liked and I started dating her and I came home one day and she was in my apartment and I knew she was in my apartment. I told her she can be <laughs> in my apartment. Thank God. But, yeah. But she was in my apartment and she was mad at me and I couldn't figure out why. She and the sweat pads were like other girls, chicken cutlet boob inserts. No, because there's a trick in the trade where you take Tampax pads and you can cut out the wings and put it under your arms. And it, for auditions, you can just put that in your shirt and it soaks up all the moisture. Smart. So she saw pads in oh, under my sink my God. and she's like, who the fuck are you fucking so much that they left your their pads? First of all, pads. Like who have also no, that's adult women said. sometimes wear them, which is so odd to me. Well, like, you have to. Yeah, well, she was not. A, I mean, she was like in her early 20s. So she's like, what old ass woman are you fucking <laughs> fucking that's leaving her shit here? Like she was not happy. And I had to explain it to her and she didn't believe me until like I went on an audition like a couple of days later. And I was like, now I don't have my fucking pads. You know, well, that that girl no. you needed to send to the curb or something. Yeah, that girl sounds like also she was like, why would you not believe somebody that says that? You think someone's going to make up a lie about putting pads in their fucking arm? I mean, to be honest, like, it is a weird thing, but is, <laughs> no, but it's so weird and specific that why would you? That's your fucking lie that you put pads in your. I'm sorry, but whoever that girl is, she sounds. Also, she found some other girl's underwear, and I'm like, that's what you wear when you're pretending to be a bank robber in an audition. <laughs> Stop it, bro. <laughs> I, like the pa- I like the pause that you both had because you were like, wait, what? There was a second where you were like, is oh. that true? Yeah. Oh well, so are you going to ask this coffee girl out again, or are you too embarrassed about your Oh, pits? Rob, I think you should. I don't even think that sounds disastrous. I haven't decided yet. I haven't decided... I haven't just, I'm going to, I'm going to see how the communication goes, okay. um, over the next couple of days. And well, if it's uh, like, what about, if, but wait, Rob, do you think she's hot? I think she's, uh, yes. Or, or are you trying? Okay. Do you 
think, do you like, like her? Do you like her? Yeah, I think she's fun. Okay, so why does it matter what the communication is in the next couple of days? Well, I'm just going to see what her community. I'm, I'm, I'm. You're protecting yourself if she seems like she's uninterested after the whole date, and then you want to make sure you're not like coming on too strong. Yes, I mean no, we communicated I'll, after the thing, but I'll, I'll just see how the communication goes, and then I'll be like, let's go, you know, get a bite to eat or something. This is a step in the right direction, regardless of how. After actually, Jen, you'll appreciate this. Yeah. You'll appreciate this. As we were leaving the coffee place, because it's like a coffee diner, also, I was like, next time you come to eat, let me know. I, I want to come try the food, and she was like, absolutely. Next, like we'll come eat here yeah. sometime. I love that dropping of hints. Cute. Oh, um, so. Okay. Now, do you think, Rob, on the subject of this episode being, you know, a good or bad dater or is being good, bad, um, do you think you are a good dater when you're physically there? Like, can you keep the conversation going? Are there laughs? Do you ping pong conversation or is it just you? No, no, no. I I think I am a good dater and, and, and because as my natural instinct to ask a question and listen like i i want to talk i want to listen more about what you have to say and then relate to it than talk about myself and then make like see if you fit in my hole does that <laughs> there's the totally i think just that you get people get caught up in this first date awkwardness and like if you are a personable individual and you're entertaining and you're funny and you can keep the conversation going you may get caught in this like rabbit hole if you will of like it stressing out about like making sure that everything's great and I've got to tell you about myself and I've got to make you laugh and I've got to and while those are all great dating qualities if it's too much of a good thing it could end up maybe making the other person not have room to interject or if that person happens to be shy or a little nervous which you cannot write somebody off on a first date for that. Like there's always take that into consideration. Um, and well, what I'm learning, what I'm learning is from, at least from Jen, because it has been a learning lesson. I did tell this to my therapist because, you know, we were talking about me getting back in, into the dating world and she really is kind of like pushing the bird out of the nest as far as this goes. And I told her, it was like, I told her that she was always in my plan. Like that, my therapist was always in my plan that if I started dating somebody, my first thing to do was to get a hold of her so that I wouldn't react to certain things the way I used to in old relationships and that I would hold it to our next session and then talk to her about it before I react to certain things. I love that. Look at that control, that discipline. Well, it hasn't happened yet. I said, that's what I wanted it to. That's what I want to do. So let's see. It's a better plan than you've had in a while. So I think that you keep that going. Right. So you want to be supervised basically and make sure you're approaching things correctly yeah, you just this time check around. In and get some guidance, which is yeah. great. Yeah, I want to yeah, I want to I want to go to yeah, exactly. I want to be like uh, this is how I'm feeling, this is what I was going to say, is that right? And they'd be like, "No, no, 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 no." Love or yes, you're validated. Opinion. Or but you're also, validated. Also, you know yeah. what a lot of the answer is going to be from your therapist if she's a good one, which I think is to trust yourself. Like you don't have to, you know, I mean, I'm sure the guidance will be there, but also to like Hey, I think she'd be like, trust your instinct. And cause I have really good instinct, but I think she'd be like, maybe don't say that. Well, or she's going to say, well, what would you say? Well, how do you feel about that? She's going to like pull it out of you so that you're going to answer for yourself. basically. But the other thing I told her was that I'm learning a lot through this podcast, 
with the guests that we've had with you two, with Jen and what she goes through and what she likes and doesn't like, you know what I mean? So like having a therapist and having this podcast to kind of bounce it off you guys and see what is done right. And Jen, you know what you do wrong. <laughs> like I'm kind of watching both sides of it oh, and I'm like, you. okay, I'm not going to do that. Or, or I'm <laughs> like, okay, this is what happened with Jen. This is what these guys are doing. This is why this is happening. Okay. I can expect this, you know, because what I do notice is that a lot of people that I'm seeing that are out there on the dating apps and whatnot are bringing in other things that have happened in past dates to the present date that they're going into. So it's like, these guys were fucking assholes or somebody didn't pay the bill or somebody stood them up or somebody didn't pick them up, you know, that kind of thing. And then they're automatically treating the next person for the mistakes of like the four idiots that they dated before. You're this, basically they, guilty like, until proven innocent. It's like dating baggage instead of relationship baggage. Yeah. 100%. And by the way, I mean, I have seen it all and I have certain triggers that come from patterns I've seen in the past. And I, you know, check myself on it because I'm like, okay, is this a trigger or am I just needing to be cautious? Should I just slow it down? And I think that's why in the last episode I said, like, I don't really go full throttle on feelings because I'm like, are you here for a season, a reason, or are you here to stay? So because of that approach, I think it's kind of kept me not guarded, but I take a step back. I evaluate, I try and be really like thoughtful about the whole thing. But can I can I say you also you do that in the moment when you're when you're with people too. But what I've observed is that you have a fear of in the relationship and why people are in the relationship and what happens in the relationship. So the interview process to get into the relationship is like really kind of tough because you want to make sure they're here for the right reason. You make sure somebody's not dating you just because they're lonely or because they wanted to be with somebody or like you know, they're tired of being in the dating world. So they're saying yes to you. So it's not about what's going on at that dinner, at that table necessarily. It's like, how do you fit in my mind of not being that relationship that I'm watching or being this relationship that I'm watching? Well, I would say um, it's everything. It's a full 360 thing because I, you have to take, you know, the date at face value and hear what the other person has to say, see how your body feels around them. If there's chemistry, if you're having fun, if there's romantic vibes, if it's just friendship, if you laugh, if you're just serious, if you have good conversation, if you're inspired, if this person is cool, but like not interesting long-term or whatever the case may be. So I really try and be present on my dates, but then, you know, there are the times between the dates. I do see how the communication is. I do see how the planning for the next date is. I do, we do, I do like checking in every so often and keeping that text banter going so that Mm. there is continuity. And every time you see each other, it's not just like picking up like from the last date, but like you've lost all of this like momentum between them. So I, my approach I think does work. Um, for me personally, there are people that I've gone on dates with that like, if I didn't think about the rest of the picture, maybe I'd be in a relationship with them. But I don't know that that would be the right relationship. It might just be because I continue seeing them. And here we are, we wake up in a relationship. But I, don't- I, have, I have a two pointer for you. I have one for you and one for you, Lauren. Okay. So it's kind of like a two pointer in the sense of like what you're talking about, Jen. Well, first of all, I don't know if you want to talk about it or not, but how did how, you, you had a date with the, the mystery LA guy after our last episode. So what happened? Anything? Uh, I'm going to save that recap for another time, but I will say, I mean, unless you wanted to make your point, but I will say I happen to be a good dater. 
Okay. No, and, I'm not saying that. No, but I'm going just back saying to like, the, to- the topic at hand, I I know I'm a good dater because of a couple of reasons. And I, but this are all, you too much of a good dater? No. This all, well, maybe because other people are bad daters, so I'm just better. And So your, your expectations are really – your expectations no. are – no. So this all started with Tinks posting a video sharing how she feels like she's a great dater and she's servicing other people on these dates by being the entertainment, like a Netflix goddamn comedy yeah. special. She's like, oh, I'm Jesus. a freaking jester, cracking people up yeah. fully. Tinks. You don't know who Tinks is? No. I mean, yeah, but uh, somebody that names himself Tinks well, her real name's probably thinks that they're the fucking... No, she's great. She's honestly awesome. But so I really resonated with this video. And I actually, a lot of people sent it to me because they're like, Jen, this is you on dates. I feel like I go in, I want to chat. I want to talk about a lot of different topics to gauge whether we have, you know, interests and things. And my favorite thing is when you ping pong conversation and you never finish a conversation because you've already moved on to three Mm -hmm. other topics. Mm -hmm. And it kind of almost feels like, you lose track of time. You've known each other forever. You you don't finish each other's sentences, but you're excited about every word and every topic and every story the person but that, says. Let me just interject for one second, Jen. That is two people being good at dating and other things coming into play. But when one person is good at dating and they are doing all of those things alone, they leave the date feeling bored and the other person is like- It happened to me. Potentially. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, oh, I mean, it's oh, happened to me yeah. a lot of times Yeah, where I've left the date and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so drained because every time we'd have a, co- like a start a topic, the person would talk and not ask me any questions. So I would interject to like contribute to the conversation. So it was an actual conversation and not his monologue and there would be no follow-up questions. So I actually said to a guy, um, not too long ago when I had gone on a date prior to Miami, I said, um, is there anything you actually want to know about me? (laughs) Because he had gone on for hours about some music career he left behind, some like learning French, like literally every topic he would do. Like, I, I, I don't even know. It was so alarming. And he came to the date drunk. So I think I'm a good dater because babbling. It was drunk battle. Or it was was like I say, like, I don't know how to pitch myself. So maybe some people take that to an extra level where they feel like they come in and they like have to pitch themselves to the person on the other side. Sure, sure. But then they're a bad dater. Yeah, then that makes you a bad dater. But you also don't want to pitch too hard because then it's like too much of a good thing. And then you're selling yourself and trying to like put your best foot forward and trying to like, you know, you, you think you like this person. So you're trying to like hope they like you and then you it's it's basically what that means is what we're getting at is is that that balance is thrown off right and there there's gotta be the balance that, that were that term that we keep throwing around here like the ping and pong of conversation and there's ways to like when you're let's just say like okay for example how long let's ask this question to you guys how long is it too long for the person you're on the date with to be talking now sometimes like maybe I'm just making a generalization because maybe it depends on the story. If they're telling you some really intriguing story and you're just like, keep going. But like for the most part, if you're talking and you're telling the story about maybe what you do for a living or your family or whatever, how long is too long to be talking? Like no more than five minutes. If you keep, if you feel like, okay, I've been talking for like five minutes out at this point, like 
need you need to be aware of that, right? But you as the person on the other end, like what feels <laughs> Lauren, long? you're doing it right now. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> this many minutes. <laughs> yeah, like how long is too long? That many minutes. That um, many minutes. When you have to ask the question and then explain the question, then ask the question again and then explain <laughs> the question again and yeah. then ask the question again. Exactly. So I will answer that because I frequent dates quite often. So I'll speak for Rob as well because I'm doing it. So I think if you're telling a story and no one's asking questions or like saying go on or follow-up questions or intrigued by it or cherry-picking things out and they're you know asking a side question. I guess this kind of goes into what I was saying about you start in one topic and you veer off to all these other places because you're actually interested in all of the tangents and right. how somebody actually got to that thing and you want to know more. So I think if somebody is not participating in that, your story sucks or it's not a story and you're yapping. So, so pay attention to the fact that they're not interjecting. Exactly. Right. And the only reason I say I'm a good dater is because I do feel like while I love to talk, there is a lot of back and forth and I do ask a lot of questions. And that also, Rob, by the way, I think came from doing this podcast and asking questions because, well, that and probably improv, because I think you have to just be able to say things. And the other reason I think I'm a good dater is because I no longer am so worried about somebody else, what they think of me. I want them mm. to like me, but more importantly, I want to like them. So I want to have conversations and I want to share a lot about me, but also get a lot from them. So and we know if it's even worth going on a second date guys, and if, if there are things we like about each other. If you're a good dater, right? If you're the like, I know I'm a good dater, like all three of us are all sharing this thought. Like I can keep the combo going. I can enter, be entertaining and funny and I'm not like shy or nervous or whatever. If that's the case and you are telling a story if you think the story is going on for a little long like you can help the other person engage i'm not saying you need to like hand feed them everything but like start turning your story around and involve them like or just ask them a question what do you that's think what I'm about saying. That? so yeah what would you have done well yeah. it, have you ever been in a situation like that before like well i think that if it's i, I think done. i think a good dater's the the foundation is genuine like genuine interest in the other person, yes. like having genuine interest in that, because then you have no, you want to hear what they have to say, you know, and you want to learn what they're, how we can go on tangents. And if they have another thought during your story and you're like, Oh, well, what was that like? And then, Oh, you did that. Or, you know what I mean? Like, and then yeah. you listen and then yeah. you respond, you know, like yeah. a normal <laughs> person. Well, like yeah. most normal people, you know, what so here's two things about that. I think okay. it boils down to your intention for going on the date and how you actually feel about yourself and what you're supposed to be getting from the date. Like I said, if I'm going on this date, I'm not trying to sell myself to you. So my story is not a pitch. It's just, here's who I am and who are you? Like, do we like each other? Does this work? Not, I'm not seeking validation at all. It would be great if it turns out we'd like each other. That would be awesome. And that is like so rare to find when you, two people are ready for the same thing. They like each other and now you continue on. But, but do you feel like, I know you have two things. I know you have two things, but do you feel like on that point, do you feel like when you go into dates because you do it so much that there's a, there's a no bullshit policy happening with you? Like I'm not here to sell myself. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not here to impress you. Let's see if a banter works and then maybe it comes off. Like I'm not here to impress you. No. Then, are you assuming that all my dates go poorly because of me? <laughs> no, but, but, but I think that you, you have like maybe um, come in, like I just said, like maybe you come in, like I'm here to find a person, but like, I'm not putting up with bullshit. 
Well, it's not bullshit. It's just, do we like each other or not? So I guess the bullshit is if we don't. But I do really, the second point I was going to make is suggest doing FaceTimes or a phone call. And Mm. the way I usually go about that is if we're like matching on an app and talking and stuff and somebody's like, oh, I want to go out with you. I'm like, why don't you give me a call and we'll figure it out? Because at that point, if you can't banter about a plan or make it through that- It's a really good idea. Thank you. If you can't make it through that conversation, then you have no business sitting in front of each other and wasting each other's time because it's I wouldn't unlikely. FaceTime because that camera is fucking awful, but I would, I <laughs> would it make def- you sweat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah at least you can angle it in ways where you can't see the sweat. Just throw those pads under there, Rob. It'll be I'll fine. I'll just catfish and just do the thing like this, but, <laughs> but, uh, be like my my camera's broken. I don't know what happened. It's been broken. Okay, well, the whole your time. technology, it's probably broken. Oh God. So <laughs> um but yeah, but I think that phone call is a great idea it because is. you do get nervous talking to somebody. Like, it's how are you gonna hold a conversation? It's the next organic step from going like to texting on an app or on your text messaging to then all of a sudden, like you're in front of each other, you've made an effort to get ready, you've left the house, you've driven somewhere through the fucking COVID pandemic. And now you're sitting somewhere in front of this person. And you're like, hi, no pressure. Like, now I need to not sell myself, sell myself. Like what's going on? (laughs) This is fucking a lot. But the phone conversation slash FaceTime is like the kind of the next organic step. And that's Jen and I, talked about this before you came on to the show, Robin, and we brought it up, I'm sure, once you were here too. Like FaceTime is like a very good flow from text into date. If I mean, yes, I know it seems a little weird because it's not like the norm, but like I think people should start normalizing FaceTime. A lot of people are actually. And I think, you know, going back to the phone call thing, I spoke to the LA guy driving back from Austin's birthday. I left Lauren's house and he and I chatted the whole drive back and we had so much to say to each other. I learned so much just in general. And I was like actually excited by what he had to contribute to the conversation. I got a therapist out of it, which was awesome. Freaking love her. And he, I think, proved to be somebody I would be um, inspired by. And we had great Ooh, banter. That's a big word. You I know. He welcome. teaches me all kinds of things so that I don't guy, already know. This guy, you're welcome. Exactly. He created driving distance for me because Lauren lives very far from me. And Lauren so just showed I, a picture of her baby. That's what yeah, it was. <laughs> she wasn't, she wasn't, she doesn't have uh LA guy on her phone. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Austin when he was a baby, actually. He's a big boy now. Now he's a big, he's a teenager. He's my guy. Yeah, he's basically um, off to college. See ya. So uh, anyway, I think that call was really beneficial because we got a sense of who we were. And it gives you that excitement to then see that person because you're like, well, if we can have a good conversation on the phone, then in person over drinks, we're really going to be sassy. So I think I support that and it's a way to go. And I know, Rob, you're very anti-dating apps or you're like lukewarm, let's just say. But if you're worried about going out with a perfect stranger, then that's a good like middle step between the digital to the in-person. Yeah. Like the girl I went out with today, I have seen in person. We've hung out. We met in person through friends. Do you know what I mean? Like we have, we know, but we have that. And I, we've seen each other at birthdays and like, when I see her, I'm excited to see her. She's excited to see me as friends, you know, but this is the first time that we went out and had coffee. But I mean, I, this is, this is a great topic, Rob, which was a date, right? This is a great topic, but I, I think maybe next time, maybe, Maybe next episode we have because I love this. I love that Lauren's back now, and I really want to like pick her brain about like, okay, 
well, say we get past the phone call and now the ping pong banter is happening. When do you start talking to the person you're dating, not in a relationship with, but dating about if they want kids or if like what they would be yeah. as a parent or like <laughs> date number one for me. <laughs> well, see, that's what I'm talking about. When, when is it okay? When is it not okay? But I think that's for next time. Okay. I think that'd be a good topic my, my for turning. My wheels are turning. So how do you get into the big questions when you're sort of still on the like periphery of dating? Like, right. You- because all, because a lot, a lot of us like are now at an age where we don't have six months to waste in a relationship 100%. for somebody to say, 100%. I don't want kids. Yeah. You know but what I, I mean? So thought process that I'm already, if you're asking me the question, I think it can apply to any age range, but yes, more applicable to an older age. Right. Range but then it's like, when does religion come in? When does yeah. parent yeah. parenting style come in? When yeah. does like schooling so, come like, yeah, I mean, because you don't want to get into a relationship with somebody who's like, yes, I want to have kids. Oh, I want to have kids too. Parenting style is sex, 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 baby, baby, baby pops yeah. out. And yeah. then you have to be like, wait, yeah. I don't, I'm not religious. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That kind of style is hard until you're a parent because you kind of don't really know yourself. But yes, we can get all into this. I have plenty of thoughts. Also, Rob, I feel like I need to take you on like a mock date or something and remind you. Oh my god, you guys should go on a mock date and fucking evaluate each other. Or Jen, just no, don't evaluate each other because I we're too close. He does it all the time. Trust us. (laughs) Evaluate date. (gasps) Cute. But why don't you set me up with somebody and then ha- I'll go on a date with that person and then you c- they can let you know how I was on the well, date. Well, like you're going to know that's happening, Rob. Yeah, but I'm just going to be me. I'm not going to like I'm not going to do things that Jen likes on the date with that person. <laughs> know. Do you know what I mean? Um, well, we can let this one marinate and see where we end up. Okay. I like okay. it. And yeah. and I think we need to circle back on this uh when to start having the the deeper conversational topics, but you might still not be like deep into a relationship. Yeah. I'm talking like, talking like we'll talk next, next episode. We'll talk about when it's okay to like, start thinking about that person to start, you know, peeling off the other people and the other dates you're seeing. And then like when it's okay to start really getting into like, what is important to you as a, because you know, there, there's a lot of people like Jen's fear and a lot of things that we see out there where people, think they just want a relationship with somebody. They have that chemistry and that lust. And then all of a sudden they get into a situation where they have a family and they're like, I don't parent the way you parent. We don't do the the same things. We don't have the same morals when it comes to even maybe not even parenting, but like just friendships and going out and what it's like being married. You know what I mean? Like all kinds of different things. So yeah. Well, Lauren's well, back and we're about to go deep. So you guys should obviously keep tuning in to yes. It's Complicated, where we talk more dating and relationshipy stuff. And while you're there, hello, please subscribe, rate, comment, share it with a friend, do the Lord's work. And if you want to join the <laughs> class of master daters, don't forget to follow us on social media at Complicated Show like you forgot. And everyone, where can they find you? Well, they can find me at Forever's Evers, F-O-R-E-V-E-R-S-F-O, wait, I, I fucked it up for the first time, F-O-R-E-V-E-R-S-E-V-O-R-S on Instagram. Uh, yeah. And like Jen said, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe. That's so important to a podcast, guys. It's, it's, it's like tipping at a restaurant, like my friend Taylor says. It's like tipping at a restaurant. If yeah. you do that, it helps us out so much. Tell a friend, listen, and tell a friend because we're here for you guys. And you can find me at Lauren Leonelli on all the social meets. And you can find me at Jennifer Golden on all the social meets. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next week when we go deep. Bye.
Thank you for listening to It's Complicated. And now that we're going steady, come back next week for another date with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers.